Congratulations to one winner in Friday night's Mega Millions lottery drawing. Someone in Pennsylvania has won the $550 million lottery to $348 million cash option. Congratulations. We don't know who you are. We don't even know where it was sold yet. Pennsylvania is keeping that a secret right now. That's like going after a serial killer. It's information we haven't released yet. But congratulations to the winner in Pennsylvania, $515 million. That'd be nice. That would be sweet. Wouldn't it? I know. Yes, it would be. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Speaking of lottery, a store in Massachusetts uh, called uh, Lucky Spot was uh, going through his discarded lottery tickets that people said were losers, right? And they, uh, this lady scratched it off and it was losing and threw it back into the pile for the second chance drawing. And the owner was going through the tickets. Uh, Ten days it sat discarded in the trash and the owner was going through the tickets and realized that the one ticket didn't have all the numbers scratched. So he scratched the number and it was $1 million, 1 million bucks. Now, if that's me, do I keep the ticket or knowing who gave me that ticket, do I give it back to that person? They claimed they didn't sleep for two nights. He said he called his mom, his grandparents in India. They gave it uh, back. We don't want the money. The family decided to return the ticket. And since the customer visited the store often, they knew where to find her. And as soon as she came in, they handed her the million-dollar ticket. They said she freaked out, of course, cried like a baby, sat right there on the floor. So congratulations to the owners of Lucky Spot in Massachusetts for doing the right thing. (sighs) Yeah, I know, I know. It's always best to do the right thing. I got it. But she already thought she lost and just threw the ticket back. She didn't know and she would have never known that your million dollars was really hers. But you would have known, so you would have had to do the right thing. Right? Uh Uh-huh. Right. Of course you would. You know you would. Anyway, if you are... So let's say you gave the million-dollar ticket away and you need a gig. Right? And you're like, I need uh, some money. Well, if you want to live in Nashville, or do live in Nashville, the Deja Vu Gentleman's Club is now offering signing bonuses. I guess there's a shortage of strippers, especially in Nashville, for the Deja Vu Gentlemen's Club. So they are offering a one-time, upfront $1,000 bonus for the strippers that want to come and strip at the Deja Vu Gentlemen's Club in Nashville, Tennessee. And let's say you think to yourself, well, I already worked there. It still counts. It doesn't matter. New and returning entertainers are going to 
entertainers are going to sign the incentives in an effort to combat the shortage. So all you got to do is show up at Deja Vu and say, I'm here. I am ready to strip. I need my $1,000 bonus. And you're good to go. You are good to go at Deja Vu. Now, let's say you're in Vegas and you think, you know, I don't want to be a stripper, but I would like to, you know, go to the Larry Flint's Hustler Club, which is, you know, has locations around the world. Well, they are offering uh, a good deal, really. It's a great deal for you to come and be vaccinated. That's so nice of them. Right. I know that, you know, there's plenty of places that are offering, uh, you know, discounts and free food and you get a burger and fries or whatever. But the Larry Flint's Hustler Club is uh, now in a partnership with the Southern Nevada Health District to encourage Las Vegas residents to receive the COVID-19 vaccination. Boy, that's a we got to talk a little bit about that, too. I am still (laughs) I am still in the vaccine hesitant crowd. But they are busy shaming everyone who is in the vaccine-hesitant crowd. That is for sure. Anyway, uh, the general manager of the Las Vegas location said that, uh, hey, we partnered up. We thought it was a fun idea, but we're offering a different kind of incentive. So if you get inoculated at their pop-up vaccination sites, you're going to get a platinum membership, a free bottle of alcohol, and dances from a vaccinated entertainer. <laughs> now that almost makes the vaccination worth it. According to the website, the platinum the platinum VIP membership is good for one year. It's valid at participating hustler club or deja vu affiliated locations around the world. I mean that deja vu, that's the place that's the place in Nashville. They are uh, all over the world. I mean, hello. They have over a hundred clubs worldwide. It's uh, you know a huge company with multiple brands, so they are tying in with this deal as well. And they're saying anyway, you get a uh, you get a VIP membership, one year, good at uh, the participating hustler clubs or Deja Vu affiliated locations. Then it also includes free admission for the card holder and five guests, plus. You get 20% off the bar tab and exclusive VIP party invitations. (laughs) That almost makes the vaccination worth it, doesn't it? I mean, come on now, really, really get vaxxed and you get that kind of deal. That's awesome. I mean, some of these strippers are now signing deals. That's just huge. This one stripper, um, lust is a former Deja Vu Nashville veteran. She is going to sign a four-year deal, $165,000 contract with Spearmint Rhino. And she's got an agent, Drew Rosenhaus. (laughs) Oh, wait, four years, $165,000 contract. That doesn't sound like that much. I mean, that's what? $50,000 $50,000 a year to be a stripper. I mean, you got to be looking at tips for that. Serious, you got to be able to work for tips. So you got to show up and do your performance and then work on tips and sell your videos, sell your photos, autographed, and you got to make some extra cash because four years, 
to be exclusive to the Deja Vu <laughs> Spearmint Rhino team for 165000 That seems uh That seems a little low. That seems a little low. But hey, I didn't work out the deal. I didn't work out the deal. It seems like Lust uh, got a raw deal. Yeah, you can quote me on that. Lust got a raw deal. Now let's get back to the vaccine for just a little bit. I am really struggling with whether to get the vaccine shot or not. I know I, you know, and this is where, you know, I feel like the, the shame is in it. I feel like, yeah, I need to get it. I'm definitely, you know, uh, in the window of people who are, you know, supposed to get it. But I just, for now, and I mean, they've added everyone now, right? Everyone is under the umbrella now that needs the the vaccine. Now, every time I get close, I get pulled back because I was really close to getting the Johnson & Johnson. I figured, you know, one and done, I'm in, I'm out, I'm done. And then they paused it. And I know that the pause didn't do anything. They didn't show anything. They didn't even do anything about it. They paused it and then they said, eh, now we're, we're bringing it back. Sorry. <laughs> eh, we didn't mean to pause it. But still, I was ready at that time. And then they paused it, so it gave me, gave me pause. And then uh, I hear, you know, I, the Moderna, two shots is, is, you know, is, is good. And then, you know, the Pfizer, we get the AstraZeneca issues in Europe. And then every time I get ready to get ready, I get ready to get ready. I see an article that talks about patients having enlarged tongues. I hear... Uh, reports that heart inflammation among the young vaccine recipients. Are they true? I guess. But it still gives one pause not to get the vaccine. And then I hear that some of the, I think it was Moderna that said they were looking into a booster shot, right? Because of the variants. And they were saying that that was pretty good. Well, then I read in, uh, in the United Kingdom, they're saying a double dose of COVID-19 vaccines is almost effective against the fast-spreading variant of the Indian variant. So it's almost as effective against the variant? I don't know. Give us again. So, you know, do some people are getting it because they want to travel. Right? They want to be able to travel and they know that they're going to be shamed into uh, getting the vaccine or not being able to travel the way you want to travel, the way you hope to travel going places, either out of the country or even flying or whatever. So you're going to, you know, you're going to need the, you're going to need the vaccine. It's going to be legal. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but they're going to tell you that you can't No, It's private companies. Uh, it's private. And so if you don't want to fly, uh, you don't want to, if you want to fly, you got to have the vaccine. Okay. All right, fine. Then, you know, okay. But what good is it? So then you hear, you know, the Michigan governor apologized for going out and violating her state health order. Well, she said, I just, it was dumb of me. And they put the tables together and we were all vaccinated and I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. Well, then don't have your stupid health orders then. Don't have one rule for the people and what is good for me is not good for ye or the or whatever. 
<laughs> just don't have it then make it a point if you're vaccinated you get to have your life back but i don't know that i agree with that either i mean we went to so I, again i'm i'm still in the vaccine hesitant i'm not against it by any stretch of the imagination and you know really do i want to get covid no way but do i want to be part of the small percentage of people that have issues with this trial run of the vaccines Nah, no i can go out and live there and say no i don't want to be those people but you know i don't want to get covid either you know we went to an event this weekend for my wife's granddaughter and she uh she was in a, you know a dance recital so we were there and we showed up and my son my oldest son is uh even he is not worn a mask, will not wear a mask, believes it's the stupidest thing ever. And he refuses to wear it. And he was told that, you know, we were told that to get into this event, you were going to have to wear a mask. And he's, <laughs> I know that, uh, <laughs> I know that his wife was very concerned that he would raise a stink at this particular venue. And, uh, they want, they were there for their daughter. Right. So, uh, I was like, well, you know what? I'm not wearing a mask. Although I brought it with me. He was still pissed at me for bringing it with me because uh, we walked in. We were the only ones that walked in without a mask on and uh, they didn't say anything. They took our ticket and let us walk on by. And I had one, you know, I, I brought one with me and he was like, yeah, but you brought one with you. <laughs> I didn't wear it, bro. I just brought it with me. Yeah. It still shows. It shows weakness. But uh, what was amazing is that we go up and the, those chairs are all, you know, six feet apart the rows and we had you know we had a row to ourselves and and it was you know it was a small crowd because the school was breaking up the different classes so you know you'd give one event for the classes and then you'd leave and they'd bring in another class so it wasn't you know huge auditorium full of people side by side two feet apart and so i felt pretty pretty good about that now many people had masks on and that's fine. You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But the one guy behind us, I saw him take his mask off and his wife kind of looked at him and I heard him go, well, they don't have their mask on. They're not wearing it. So, I mean, it just takes, you know, one person. This is Texas. It's Austin-ish area. So it's kind of not Texas, but it still is Texas. And, uh, you know, people are just waiting for other people to say that it's okay. It's okay. They don't want to be out of the crowd. They want to be in the crowd. So if you if you feel like you need to wear your mask, wear your mask. It's fine. I, I'm all for it. But if you feel like you shouldn't wear a mask or don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. And don't feel bad about it. Just don't do it. Don't follow the sheep off the cliff. When you get to the cliff, don't jump. <laughs> Anyway, it's just, just, uh, all that to say that I'm still vaccine hesitant and you can email me at chewing the fat at the blaze.com chewing the fat at the blaze.com and let me know what you think. If you've gotten vaccinated and, uh, you know, just let me know what you think. Cause I'm, I'm close and I'm not sure now I'm, I'm debating whether I, you know, should I get the Moderna or should I get the Johnson and Johnson one and done and be good with it. And so, uh, email me at chewingthefatoftheblaze.com and let me know your thoughts and perhaps you can sway me either way to be vaccine hesitant or vaccine plus 
or vaccine, no. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately today. Oh, yeah. So, so good. So, Army of the Dead. I watched a couple movies this weekend. Uh, One of them was Army of the Dead. I enjoyed it. It was a fun ride. It was a silly, you know, zombie, criminal, theft movie, bad guys, uh, new time, a government escape uh, zombie. And it was was interesting to see where there was a hierarchy with the king and the queen of the zombies. And they had closed off Vegas. It was, it was fun. It was, I thought it was a fun ride. I enjoyed the heck out of it. And it left it open, of course, for a sequel that would be another fun ride from Zack Snyder. One of the things that uh, I enjoyed was one of the characters, Tig Notaro. Uh, every time you see her in the movie, she shot that all by herself. All of them. So one of the people that were in the movie, this Chris D'Elia, the comedian who got in trouble. Uh, he was accused of multiple, uh, women of predatory sexual behavior. Some of them were under age and he's denied it all, but he was in big time trouble. So they didn't want him in the movie. So they edited everything he was a part of out of the movie and had Tig Notero come in and she reshot all of these scenes and it was incredible. They spent they spent a few million dollars on getting rid of him and adding her. Just amazing that they did that. I mean, Netflix spent a lot of money on this movie. And they spent a lot of money on, on that. Just to get this guy out of the movie. <laughs> I mean, okay. You didn't want the guy in there. I mean, I know he was scandal-plagued comedian. But really? It was worth millions? Okay. And, you know, she did a great job and and I thought it was cool. And it makes it even better to think that her scenes were, you know, she acted in them alone. She joked about thinking, you know, she had realized that she wasn't the star (laughs) because they were all there filming her in all these scenes. And she said that, uh, you know, they, uh, she said, I just realized that I'm not the star. And uh, Zack Snyder was like, well, yeah, no, it's not all about you. Don't worry. You're completely out of focus in this shot. And, uh, you know, she's like, oh, I'm out of focus, but uh, I'm still the star. Uh, really funny. Uh, and I see where David Batista, one of the stars of the movie, uh, just said that he is going to step down from the Marvel Cinematic Universe after Guardians of the Galaxies, this third installment, is out. Because apparently he's gonna he's 52 now and he's just let himself go. He doesn't like taking his shirt off all the time. Uh, yeah. He said he's going to be 54 when the new guardians comes out. So he's just, you know, feels like he's getting old and he's had to work out and yeah, he's let himself go and he's getting old. (laughs) (laughs) The guy is awesome. Uh, He's just huge. He's in shape. He looks great. So I can, I know that it's, you know, obviously a lot of work. There's not a lot of us that keep themselves <clears throat> keeps ourselves in this kind of shape. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> yeah. And of course, for Walking Dead fans, fear the Walking Dead fans. Um, Garrett Dillahunt was in this movie as well, and he plays uh, he plays a bad guy 
in the movie. So it was fun to have him in the movie as a, you know, he, I, I'm a fan of his character in Fear of the Walking Dead. And by the way, today is uh, Monday. Uh, if you're listening live, the 24th of May. 2021 we have a new fear we have a new talking walking dead fear edition uh posted on uh, up on the chewing the fat page so if you uh are interested give a listen i do that show uh with uh, jason buttrell and my son maximus after uh, every new episode of talking dead of walking dead and fear the walking dead it's talking walking dead and so you know give it a listen so and i enjoyed the ride uh we joked a little bit on, on uh on the fear recording today jason uh did not like it i thought it was a fun ride i enjoyed the heck out of it i love the idea of it and uh zach snyder you know i love his work so i mean i was well worth a watch on netflix then the other movie that i really wanted to watch that i was looking forward to and i just didn't get to it all last week so i was like i'm gonna watch it this weekend i watched it uh for uh, one someday one of the days this weekend i don't remember when and um angelina jolie for those who wish me dead right i think that's the name of the stupid movie What's the name of the stupid movie for those, for those, yeah, those who wish me dead, those who wish me dead. It's on HBO max. Um, wow. Was I disappointed? I'm I wanted to like this movie so bad. I love Angelina Jolie in her, you know, action roles. And there were some good scenes, uh, in the movie, but wow. Was it disappointing? And I like, uh, Sheridan, the guy who directed and produced, I mean, he's great. He's always done a lot of work. And I read the stories about this being filmed in New Mexico and it was filmed in 2019 before COVID. No wonder it took a while for them to put it together because uh, really disappointing. Nothing, nothing gelled. I mean, it was all bits and pieces. And I mean, the, the idea of why we're out in the woods was cool, but we didn't focus on what she did. And then we didn't focus on what brought the kid together in the movie. And then we were, you know, being chased. And we don't know why the kid's being chased. We just know that his dad was new things. I mean, it was just, I wanted more. It left me wanting more. It left me realizing, wow, we could have been a lot better. So my review of Those Who Wish Me Dead is just disappointing. Very disappointing. I, I really wanted to like this movie. I liked the idea, the premise behind it, but nothing gelled. And in the end, we don't even, we don't even, they just leave us at the end. It's just like, eh, the end. We'll do it together. Well, okay, but what about the bad guys? And who are the bad guys? And then she was a firefighter, you know, big time firehopper, firefighter, but we never really learned things that they do. You know, I mean, we, they kind of give you the premise of what they do, but it would have been interesting to have a little bit more in depth in the firefighters. And anyway, I just was disappointing. I expected, I expected a lot better, a lot better, Angelie. And I know that you as the, um, uh, what are they calling you now? The godmother for women for bees. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, she is a part of a program launched by the United Nations uh, UNESCO to train and support female 
beekeeper entrepreneurs around the world. So good for her, the godmother. Uh, she videotaped herself with bees all over her, crawling all over here. A new thank you. I do not want to do that. Apparently, she had to go for several days without showering so that she didn't have all those different scents and shampoos and per perfumes all over her. And then they put a few things up your nose and in your ears so that, you know, they don't have orifices to climb in. And there's a video of her for, you know, uh, the Nat Geo page. And there's, there, you know, obviously the video is everywhere of these bees crawling all over her. Oh my gosh. Just watching it made me and you can you can quote me on that so i mean you can watch it if you want and i will air the video on chewing the fat during pat gray unleashed on wednesday for those of you listening live today on the 24th so that makes the 26th my chewing the fat day on uh, pat gray unleashed i will air the uh i will air her video of her having the bees crawl over her butt. Oh boy. Oh boy. Does not look like fun at all. All right, let's talk a little bit of food, shall we? I mean, it is chewing the fat, after all. So, over the weekend, I see a story where, um, Two-thirds of Americans say beef and chicken prices have skyrocketed. And I was quick to point out on Twitter, <laughs> uh, the other two-thirds uh, haven't been shopping. And I did that uh, on purpose. Hello, it was a joke. And I got some really good responses to that tweet, which and I knew I would. But according to this story, they're talking about two-thirds of U.S. shoppers say prices of red meat and chicken have soared since the start of the year. Duh! Uh, according to this, meat lovers have been hit hardest by rising food costs out of the 2,000 grocery shoppers surveyed between May 17th and May 19th. Yeah. Um... 59% said that chicken has become pricier. 65% said that red meat is now more expensive. Uh, are the other people not shopping? Meanwhile, more than half of the shoppers said that fruit, toilet paper, milk, and prepared foods also cost more. Yes, they cost more. Have you not gone to the grocery store? I don't care where you go. Uh, the, the, the prices are up. Okay. <laughs> this poll also found that about a quarter of shoppers have begun buying fewer items including meat in order to cut back on their bills well yeah i mean if the if you, the budget is the budget the rising i mean the amount of money you have is the amount of money you have you can quote me on that the amount of money you have is the amount of money you have we've got these pockets of inflation without having corresponding wage growth and that's not going to put consumers in, that's going to put consumers into a really tough spot. Uh, yeah, Mr. Economist John Lear, you're right. Just uh, incredible to me. And I, you look at uh, some of the responses on my on my Twitter post, 
one of them was uh, the sad part is the ranchers, the feeders, and the grocery stores are not profiting off record meat prices. The packers are gouging the crap out of everyone. Oh, so we're blaming it on the packers. Okay. And then I have this uh, year to year. So we're looking from uh, April of 2020 to April of 2021. Okay. Uh, the higher prices are 2021, by the way, <laughs> just so you know, uh, a year ago, 195 for a gallon of gas, 305 today, one ton of wheat was $183, 251 dollars this year, one ton of coal, 39 dollars, 80 dollars today. One bushel of corn, $3.43. $6.86 today. Doubled. I mean, more than doubled of coal. Uh, not, not close to being doubled for the wheat. And, you know, not close to being doubled for the gas yet. But, incredible. If that's true, and I have no reason to believe it's not, uh, you see it at I mean, you walk down, go to the grocery store, just walk down the aisles, shop. I mean, I know a lot of times we run into the store and get what we want and come back out. And I'm a fan of that. Believe me. But, uh, I, you know, I spent a lot of time, a lot of time in my life in a grocery store. And so when we go to the grocery store, I don't really mind perusing the aisles, seeing how they're laid out, what's happening, what products are there, seeing especially the produce departments and the meat departments. I like to see how they, dairy departments, how they have their products laid out and if it's, uh, you know, been worked and taken care of recently, how the workers are doing. Almost like a, you know, (laughs) a store supervisor. I like to go through and, you know, take a look at everything. And uh, my wife, you don't work here. Uh, You don't work here. Quit what are you doing? So, uh, but if you look at, I mean, the prices of everything, everything have gone up. There's not, you know, you can get deals on some stuff sometimes, but throughout the entire process, the prices have arisen and there's, there's no way around that. I mean, it makes you good. It's good that we got rid of, uh, we got rid of that president, the <laughs> man, Man, when he used to tweet stuff mean about people, oh, did I not like him at all. And then I was reminded through an email about uh, how Iowa farmers are now selling roasted crickets for snacks. Yay! Dare to eat differently. How about no? So the owner of Jim and Eat Crickets, Jim and Eat Crickets, get it? Jim and Eat Crickets? <laughs> oh man, I get it. I get it. Uh, describes her roasted crickets to taste just like everyday popular snacks. Crickets actually taste like oh, sunflower seeds. The roasted crickets taste like sunflower seeds or, you know, the crumbs at the bottom of a chip bag. Oh, Shelby Smith, the owner. Thank you so much. Some people say it's their favorite. That's what they taste like. Salty and crunchy, airy and light. Is it? Do they? 
<laughs> so apparently we've uh this owner shelby smith uh got sick of growing corn and soybeans and you know cattle she just i can't do it so she started selling crickets now i mean why not it was probably a good move puts her in the forefront because they are all about us eating bugs i told you that five years ago that's what they were gonna start pushing the un could not stop hawking bugs every few months they started you'd hear and see another story from the un about bugs and that now we've got it okay to eat and sell in europe it's coming to the u.s it's here they want us to eat bugs and it's amazing that now that bugs are coming to the forefront that the other goods that we normally eat here in america uh, prices are just through the roof gosh darn it they're just so expensive it's just you know maybe ought to eat bugs it'd be a little bit cheaper <laughs> yeah it, it, it's a health food business uh crickets fresh roasted and add them to other items like your snack bars i know Man, and you could freeze them, you can broil them, you season them, and, and we just, we've got them, we're selling them all over the country. So just eat crickets, okay? Discover how great they taste and dare to eat differently. Jiminy eat crickets. Oh, man. Dude, does that make me want to eat crickets? How about you? <laughs> uh, no, no, thank you, but thank you for sending me the email and reminding me that, yes, we will be eating bugs soon. And uh, then I also got another email at chewingthefatattheblaze.com. And thank you for sending these emails to me. I, I read them. And this one wanted to remind me how good maggot cheese is. So good, good, good. Now, apparently it's illegal. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's called the Forbidden Delicacy. The Kazumarzu. Oh, Okay. Uh, it's illegal, but uh, they apparently say that it is good for you or not good for you. I'm not real sure. Everybody says different things, but oof, rotten cheese, maggot cheese does not. I, w I tell you what, I tell you what, and I love cheese, but this is, you know, this is me now, you and me. All right. We're just sitting here, just hanging out. Um, I will say this, okay? If you were to give me, hey, here's some maggot cheese or some roasted crickets, I'm choosing the roasted crickets. <laughs> You're going to force me to eat bugs rather than maggot cheese? You got it. So I told you that we went uh, down to uh, Austin this weekend. And, you know, for those of you listening in another part of the country, I live in Texas and we live in DFW. So a drive to Austin is about three hours, two and a half, three hours. And on the way back, I saw on the roadside billboards a clear alert. And I thought, a clear alert? I hadn't seen that before. <laughs> I mean, there's Amber Alert. I know that one. And I know a silver alert. 
but I don't know the clear alert. And I thought, was it all clear? Are we safe? Are we good to go? Am I supposed am I, am I all right? So, I mean, I look it up and I see that the clear alert is an individual between 18 to 64 years of age whose whereabouts are unknown. So, this is different than the Amber Alert. This just went into effect. It's kind of new. Uh, I guess this was created uh, at the end of 2019. And I don't remember hearing about the clear alert, but I guess, okay, I'm with you. I'm glad that it exists. So if you're an individual between 18 and 64 years of age, whose whereabouts are unknown, you have a preliminary investigation verified the adult is in imminent danger or of bodily injury or death or the disappearance involuntary, such as an abduction or kidnapping. The clear alert request within 72 hours of the individual's disappearance. And I thought, okay, well, that's, that's different. And then I looked up the list. And there's an amber alert. There's a silver alert. There's the clear alert. There's the blue alert. There's the endangered missing persons alert. And there's the camo alert. Now, the camo alert is pretty self-explanatory, right? Military. So, verification from the Texas Department of Public Safety that the missing military member is registered for the camo alert program. Confirmation the individual reported missing is a current or former member of the United States Armed Forces, including the National Guard, Reserve, Auxiliary Unit, any branch of the Armed Forces. And we got it, okay? And so the confirmation the missing person suffers from a mental illness, including post-traumatic stress disorder or a traumatic brain injury, and the disappearance poses a credible threat to the military member's health and safety or the health and safety of another. And I thought, okay, well, that's a camo alert. We're starting to care about everybody. The silver alert is the old people one, right? Is missing 65 years age or older or has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Well, then what is the blue alert? Because, I mean, we all know that it was a blue-haired... I mean, that's Florida, right? And these are... This is Texas now. And I know that these alert systems are usually... I know that they're state-oriented, but they're usually across the across the nation. You know, most states. It'd be interesting to see how many alerts each state has. And maybe we'll do an investigative report here on chewing the fat on that. But uh, the blue alert is not blue hairs from Florida. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's law enforcement. A law enforcement officer must have been killed or seriously injured by an offender. So the investigating law enforcement agency must determine that the offender poses a serious risk or threat to the public and other law enforcement personnel. Yeah. So we have, now we've got uh, Amber Alert. Now you know about the Amber Alert. And I've been to the Amber Alert uh, classes so many. I mean, when they first started the big... Uh, you know, the big Amber Alert push, but the child is 17 years of age or younger that uh, is part of the Amber Alert. So then we have the Silver Alert, the Blue Alert, the Camo Alert, the Clear Alert, and the Endangered Missing Persons Alert. I thought that was all of them. I mean, aren't they all Endangered Missing Persons? I guess not. No. No, they are not all that because the Blue Alert is not that. So the Endangered Missing Persons Alert is uh, similar to wandering incidents in older adults with Alzheimer's and related dementias. 
those and those with intellectual disabilities. It has the missing person been diagnosed with an intellectual disability and or a pervasive development disorder, including Asperger's disorder, autistic disorder, autism spectrum disorder, childhood disintegrative disorder, Rett's disorder, or a pervasive development disorder, not otherwise specified if the missing person has been diagnosed with an intellectual disability. Law enforcement shall require a written diagnosis from a physician or a psychologist licensed to practice within Texas or certified by the Texas Department of Aging and Disability Service and or Texas Department of State of Health and services <sighs> i mean that's the endangered missing persons alert wow that is incredible so just be ready if you're in texas you have the amber alert you have the silver alert you have the blue alert you have the endangered missing persons alert you have the camo alert and you have the clear alert so be on the alert <laughs> will you i mean help Okay. You see where the Rochester mayor, Rochester mayor, lovely Warren, who I, I mean, she's a wonderful mayor in Rochester. And I mean, who doesn't want a mayor named lovely? And so she claims that the arrest of her husband, sure, he had cocaine and guns and all, but it's all about politics. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Look, uh, she spoke briefly to reporters claiming I've done nothing wrong and the police raid on my house and charges against my husband were an attempt to discredit my reelection campaign. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I find the timing of yesterday's events three weeks before early voting starts to be highly suspicious. <laughs> Do ya? Do ya? There's nothing implicating me in these charges today because I've done nothing wrong. I haven't spoken to Tim, that's hubby, since his arrest, and I'm not standing here to defend him. You you aren't? No, you're trying to distance yourself, really, aren't you, Mayor? So she was uh, the, the hubby was part of a drug operation sting that uh, has been busted with two kilos of cocaine, three guns, and more than $100,000. Oh, oh, that was, but that had nothing to do with the mayor, even though that was in her house. Yeah, that's it, though. So they allegedly found about two ounces of coke and an unregistered gun at the house. Oh, okay, so he, he didn't have the full... Uh, I don't know, I'm turning into the mayor's side. He didn't have the full amount. I mean, the entire drug operation busted two kilos and three guns and more than a hundred grand, but he only had a couple of ounces and an unregistered gun. Oh, so what? Come on. That does seem a little weak. Now I'm on the mayor's side. <laughs> we need to ask ourselves, if this is not about politics, why is Tim's next court date, June 21st, the day before primary day. That is interesting, isn't it? Now, that's quite a coincidence. You're right, Mayor. That is quite a, co a coincidence. Now, when you figure out those answers to those questions, come find me. Because I'll be working. <laughs> you know what? The Mayor is turning me around. I am uh, the Mayor. Lovely Warren is turning me around. The Mayor of Rochester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now on her side, I think. I think I am. Now, sure, she's facing campaign finance fraud charges. 
So, but uh, look, the district attorney is against her. The district attorney made a deal with a convicted criminal to go up to harm the mayor because she was angry at me for supporting her opponent. So the district attorney is out to get me too. And now the police department is out to get me. They're all out to get the mayor of Rochester. Lovely Warren. So there's that issue. It's not her fault though. It is not her fault. They are out to get her. So when you get the answers to those questions, okay, come and see her because she'll be working. <laughs> I, uh, Rochester sounds like a fun place to be, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Did you also see just a, I know we got to get out of here today and uh, I'll leave you with these two quick stories. Okay. So the U S that's the United States seized $90,000 from the man who sold footage of the U.S. Capitol riot. Does that seem like a fair thing to do? Uh, I would say off the top of my head, no. So U.S. authorities have confiscated roughly $90,000 from a Utah man who sold footage of a woman being fatally shot during the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, so he had that footage and sold it. And now the United States says, hey, that's our money. Um, how about uh, no? <laughs> uh, no? I mean, are we doing anything about the former FBI director who reportedly gave 100000 to our president's grandchildren? Yeah, our president now, Joseph Robinette Biden, his grandchildren uh, in a trust. And, uh, that same person emailed Hunter, you know, the son that's still alive, that he'd like to work with Hunter and his dad. Huh. And so some would think that, and by the way, it was just two of the grandchildren. Yeah. Not the strippers kid. Oh no. We are not recognizing that kid. No. Now the courts recognize that kid, but, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> The Bidens don't. So former FBI director Louis Free uh, gave $100,000 to a trust for Joe Biden's grandchildren. Huh. Isn't that strange? So this allegedly happened in 2016 when uh, Joseph Robinette Biden was vice president. So these were emails sent to Hunter on the leaked emails on the laptop. So it said, as you know, our family foundation made a hundred thousand contribution to Haley's children trust last year. <laughs> so nice. And, uh, you know, my accountants now advise that since the grant did not go to a 501 C organization, uh, it was not a proper foundation gift. So we've been in touch with the IRS and the PWC and want to correct the situation as follows. I'll make a new, $100,000 gift to Haley's Trust and uh, Haley's Trust will reimburse the foundation by paying it $100,000. Sorry for the extra burden. Yeah, so we're going to, darn it, we've got to figure this out for the tax purposes. So you're going to have to donate the money back so that we get it back and then we'll give the hundred grand again so it goes to the tax-free thing. Yeah, you know. And, you know, I'd like to talk with you and Dad about working together next year. No doubt. 
both he and you have many options and probably some of which are more attractive than my small shop. <laughs> so, you know, I just wanted to just want to let you know I'm here. And uh, I just, you know, just want to remind you that I, you know, gave 100000 to the kids. Don't forget that Louie also served on the board of the Bo Biden Foundation. Isn't that special? It was just all one big happy family. Really, it's just one big happy family. But you be sure to take that 90000 from John Sullivan and, uh, you know, Mr. Activist. And I know, I know all the stories about him and whether he's a good guy or not. But really, he was there. Uh, he took the footage and he sold it. And now you're going to just take the money? I mean, this guy faces eight criminal counts now, including weapons charges related to the riot. And so we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I know prosecutors have charged more than 440 people in connection with the attack in which Trump supporters stormed the Capitol after he gave a speech to them repeating his false claim that the presidential election was stolen from him through widespread voting fraud. The mob smashed windows, fought police, and sought and sent lawmakers into hiding. Five people died. This story is agonizing because <laughs> I mean they still talk about five people dying, which is not true. It just isn't true. It's all that's all based. <sighs> it just isn't true. And you know that. If you've listened to this show, you know that's not true. I don't want to get into it anymore because it's going to drive me insane. And just find it amazing that we're taking 90 grand from this guy because he sold the footage. That's the footage he took. Does he get to make it into an NFT now for, uh, you know, sell it as a non-fungible token? Probably not. Probably not. But don't you worry about that 100 grand given to the Bidens, you know, the grandkids and their trust fund. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> you take down the guy that took footage of a citizen getting shot from a security guard at the Capitol. All right, you take that money. But be sure to be on the alert. Okay, be on the alert. You've got the amber alert, the silver alert, the blue alert, the endangered missing persons alert, the camo alert, and the clear alert. So you be on the alert, my friends. (laughs) 